Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Difference Maker Podcast. So we're going into part two of two this week on the five ways to be resilient. So really coming into it, there's 10 total ways, right? We wanted to split it up though, because what we started to find is that people were kind of getting all these fantastic tools, but not utilizing them in the best way possible. So we really, really, really wanted to make sure that we were able to bring everybody some great value, but more importantly, that you're using it. So let's dive right into it. Last, last episode, we covered some great stuff where we were able to really understand, you know, the basics behind how to build your resilience. And today we're going to go into more in-depth kind of parts of that as well. So starting with the first one, or I should say number six, or number one of five for the second part is taking the time to study scenarios that you're unsure of. And why this builds resilience is because we're not asking people to become, you know, these perfectionists to try and, you know, guesstimate, if you will, everything that's going to happen in performance. But what we are trying to do is really make sure that at the end of the day, you're looking at things from the broader perspective to say, okay, am I actually prepared going into performances? People are not resilient when they don't feel prepared, right? Resilience means being able to adapt and being able to adapt means that you're resourceful. If you want to become resourceful, you must study those scenarios that you're unsure of. And if it's, you do not, it won't work. And it's also not that you're studying like every single scenario, right? right. Like it's, it's making sure that you're feeling comfortable in the scenarios that, you know, are giving you... I guess, challenges that are challenging you at the time. And then also just the regular stuff that you're going to be doing in game, in performance or in a presentation, whatever the case may be. So it's not only the challenging situations, but it's also the situations that you need to feel confident going into. Right? And I think a major tidbit to take from all of this is like at the end of the day, high performances are a matter of clarity, right? If you're clear in what you need to do and you're clear in how to respond and you're clear in the strengths to lean back on and you're clear on what to avoid in a performance and so on, you're going to be okay. When you're unclear or you're unprepared and you're not studying those scenarios, it's never going to work. Like a, a great example is an NFL player we work with. This guy's done everything he needs to do in regards to getting himself into a top position in his career. But one of the biggest things that he does that's a claim to his success that he will never change, he is a religious studier of the game. Right. And I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but the reality is that's what the best in the world do. They know their their stuff inside and out. They don't leave anything to chance and they make sure that they're prepared. And clarity breeds clarity. Like you can see that even within your teammates, right? Or your teammates, sorry, when you're on the field in game or whatever. A lot of those guys, they really feed off of um, like a voice. You right. know, when you have that confident voice on the field and the, and the team on the ice, whatever the case may be, you can act yep. and Again, clarity breeds clarity. Like within it, others. Within others. Yeah, 100%. Good. So let's go into the next one. The next point that you got to look at if you want to be more resilient is you need to focus on one thing. I think this goes back to the first ep uh, podcast episode we did on this part one of two, which was talking about really having a commitment to something, but focusing on one thing. Why does this allow you to be more resilient? When you pick only one thing to focus on, that means you have a locked in target. When you have a locked in target, that means that you're willing to adapt to that target the way you need to. Where most get this wrong is that they try to focus on so many different things. They don't have one target. And as a result of that, they give themselves so many different choices and they're not adaptable anymore. Instead, what they're doing is they're chasing a bunch of quote unquote shiny objects. And when you're chasing shiny objects, you rarely, rarely, rarely ever get to where you want to go. When you focus on one thing, you have that end result you're looking towards and you're saying, I will find a way or make one in order to accomplish it. Right. Yeah. 
And that formula is simply one action, one direction, one intended result. You add those three things together and you have your formula for focus. Absolutely. Which is simple to do, right? So I love it. So even like we have in our blog post, you can check it out. Laser focusing, find one action, make sure that you have a direction with that and go after an intended result. You do those things. For example, let's say you are a soccer player and you want to be a goal scorer. That's the end result. So you're going to sprint down the wing, which is an action. You're going to get into the 18 yard box, which is the direction. And you're going to shoot to score. And that's the intended result. So your focus becomes now sprint down the wing, get into the 18 yard box and shoot to score. It's that simple. And to keep it super simple and even creating like understanding the action, would you say intended result, find that first and then break it down? I would absolutely say that. Right. So that's perfect. Yep, absolutely. So coming into the next one, looking at this is to focus on what's in your control. Right. And when you focus on what's in your control and you're focused on the things that actually matter, this is where you start to get great results. This is where you start to control the uncontrollable. Here's why. There really only is three things in life that we can control. Your preparation, your attitude and your work ethic. Let's talk about it quickly. Preparation is when you are ensuring that you're focused on things that allow you to get ready for a performance. Right. So if you're an athlete, this is going to be the things like nutrition, sleep, uh, recovery, physical prep, mental prep, all that great stuff. And even in in the business development world or in the in the business professional world, right? You're focused on these things. That's your preparation. How you prepare going into situations is controllable. Your attitude going into situations is controllable. Choosing what you want to focus on, making sure that you are trying to set the tone or what we say be dominant and you're making sure that you have an optimistic mentality. Those two things go hand in hand to have a great attitude, right? If you're trying to set the tone and you're optimistic that you'll figure it out, Chances are you will. It's that simple. And then the last part is work ethic. Once you understand those two things, how you need to prepare, what your attitude is, you need to put in the work to make sure that you're feeling confident going into performances. Why this allows you to control the uncontrollables is because you can literally take any uncontrollable result and put it into these three buckets. Let's pretend you want to go back to the goal scoring scenario, right? Okay, so you break down the preparation that you need to work on in order to become a goal scorer. So maybe it is, like we said, running down the wing and shooting to score. You focus on those two things. Your attitude must be to set the tone in some sense. So maybe you're going to be going at a very high intensity and so on and making sure that you're optimistic towards that, meaning that you're going to always look for ways to constantly take advantage of your opponent And the last part is work ethic, which is just constant repetition, right? Having a purpose and an intensity in what you're doing. So once you know these two things, you can work on prep and then you put the reps into it. Repetition, repetition, repetition. You feel good going into a game and now all of a sudden you've given yourself the best chance in order to succeed. Because I think this is what a lot of people mix up, which is when you're really focused on controlling the uncontrollables, results really aren't controllable, but your ability to influence those results are. And that's what you have to focus on is building up that kind of meter to influence the results. If you can focus on influencing results instead of trying to control them, life is going to be simpler. And I think when you guys do start using this, this pod, this preparation, attitude, work ethic, and start going through each of the categories, see where things, uh, where you got to put them. Uh, For me personally, the biggest challenge was the attitude part. And simply because like, the environment obviously affects your attitude, but you will, you do have the last say, you know, you have the last say going into something and sometimes it can be difficult to remember, okay, you know what, everything, you know, shit's hitting the fan, teams in, in a fight right now or something like that with each other. And it's very, it's easy to be influenced by the outside 
where, again, you do have that last say for the attitude because at the end of the day, you can prepare all week. You can prepare on your own all week. Um, you can, you know, have the right work ethic going into, into a performance or anything like that. But maybe at the last minute, the last five minutes, coach says something, teammate says something, and the attitude changes. It shifts and it screws everything up for you, right? 100%. Where, again, for me, it was difficult. But if you remind yourself and you just continue to start practicing it, like you're not going to be perfect the first time. And you don't need to be. You don't need to be. But it's remi reminding yourself, you know what? Hang on. I have the last say. I prepared well during the week. I ran through my strengths. I know what I need to do on the on the field or on the ice. Um, and you just go with it. Yeah. Right? And so. it's, it's funny you say that because I was actually having a combo with one of our NHL players yesterday. And he was somebody that suffers from this perfectionist mindset. And he goes, okay, so what do I do if I'm a perfectionist and I'm trying to get into this? It's like, well, you've got to break it down for a second and first realize what are you really trying to avoid? What pain are you trying to avoid by being a perfectionist? And he mm -hmm. goes, well, you know, he broke it down to the scenario that happened before and he started to think if I am perfect, then I'll never have to go through that again. But when we broke it down, it's like, dude, the really thing, the, the sorry, the true thing that allowed you to actually get over that situation and not experience that negativity was never your perfection, but instead your ability to continue working, even if you didn't get the results in the first try. And he said, well, what do you mean by that? I said, well, think about it for a second. I said, you only started getting in trouble for making mistakes when you stopped working after making your mistake, right? you only started getting in trouble when you tried to not make any mistakes at all and you got into this perfectionist mindset. But the problem was then you started to react poorly to that. But I said, when you really break it down, what brought you success up to this point was that you just continuously kept working no matter what. You made a mistake, you adapted, and you didn't make the same one twice. And I think this is where a lot of players lose their mind. And to their credit as well, like I get that some coaches don't set the best precedent sometimes, of course. right? Some leaders don't, and even in the workplace where if you make one mistake, they absolutely chew you out for it. But the reality is this, the majority of coaches really only start to get flustered with you or leaders when you're somebody that makes the same mistake twice. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody that makes a mistake and you fix it, that shows competence. 100%. And, right? and to your point, like just something I was thinking about actually this week about mistakes even some, even for people that don't make mistakes, sometimes things still don't go their way. Yep. Like the result doesn't happen. It, it's it's an odd thing, but even people that make or that are perfect with what they do, sometimes the result just doesn't work out for you. Yeah. Which it's just something to think about for anyone that has a lot of trouble with mistakes and stuff like that. Just remember, even the people that you know don't make mistakes, yep. it the result it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Sometimes. Next one, focusing on how, not why. This is a very, very big one, especially if you're going to be more resilient. Here's why, okay? Funny as cliche as that is. But when you're focused on why, and a lot of what we notice with a lot of competitors and performers is that they get into their own head by asking themselves, why always me? Why, why did this happen to me? Oh my God, what's going on? And you start to overanalyze the problem and that kicks into this whole paralysis by analysis, right? It's meaning, you start or you stop taking action and you get so scared to take action because you've overanalyzed the situation so much. Reality is this, if you're gonna be resilient, you know when you've done something wrong or something throws you off, right? Take it for what it is. Oftentimes we way overanalyze situations. What you need to spend is 5% of your time on the problem and 95% of your time instead on the solution. We've said this multiple times on this podcast, which means focusing on the solution is always a how question right? How do I get through this? How do I make sure to move forwards? How do I adapt? 
Asking yourself that question is so powerful because what people don't realize is that questions genuinely guide your focus. And we know where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're gonna be somebody who's more resilient and more adaptable, you need to take control of the questions that you ask yourself when the going gets tough. Focus on how, not why. You can spend 5% of your time and learn what the issue was, that's totally necessary, but once you know what the issue is, move on, right? Get solution-oriented. They often say, there's a great saying out there where the ones who are solution-oriented quicker are the ones that are more successful because there's people who then drag on situations for long periods of time but the ones who are successful say, okay, well, it happened. Let me try and find a solution more immediately. Yeah, like asking why, that'll make you lose your mind. 100%. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? It's, it's pain. It's usually just one thing, right? So very simple. So the last part to all of this, if you're going to make sure you're more resilient, is to have consistent and regular repetition. This goes right back into the whole part of preparation. But here's how this works. Everybody talks about repetition, but most people don't dive into the science behind it. What repetition does is build two things. Physical repetitions build confidence. Confidence is having trust in your abilities based on past results. Okay, great. Let's shelve that for a second. Then there's certainty that repetition builds. Certainty comes is self-belief and it comes from mental repetitions, getting the results mentally before you get them physically. Together, these combine and create a certain individual or somebody who's feeling extremely sure of themselves and their skills going into a performance. You need to be this type of individual. Here's why. When you're somebody who is confident and certain and you put it together and you're sure of what you need to do going into performances, you're not questioning yourself. If you're not questioning yourself, that means you're just going to roll through when there's questions or when there's situations going forwards. When there's situations going forwards and you're just willing to roll through because you're that sure of yourself, the rest takes care of itself, right? So what you have to realize is you need to build a base mentality is what we call it, where you're sure of yourself. Because if you're sure and you go into a situation, let's pretend there's two people going into a situation. One is absolutely sure of what they need to do, regardless of the result. The other one is hesitant. The one who's sure of themselves when adversity strikes is going to find a way. The one who isn't is going to shut down. So if you're going to be the one who's sure of themselves going into a performance, Consistent and regular repetition is key. And that's putting in that preparation, right? That goes back to the preparation attitude work ethic as well. That fits in right there. Consistent, regular repetition with the stuff that you're doing in leading up to performances, making sure you're prepared and, and having that, that sureness of yourself. That's, that's huge. Well, let's even talk about life for a second and consistent and regular repetition in life, like daily habits. I can't tell you all how much I've seen the anxiety. We had a player who was anxious this past week I was talking to. And he was saying, man, I wake up in the morning, my anxiety was through the roof before, and now it's starting to really dwindle out and go away. And I said, that's great. So why do you think that is? He goes, Matt, honestly, the morning system that I'm in and the morning power system that I'm in is something that is key for me because it allows me to wake up, get focused on what I need to do, and really takes care of my anxiousness. He goes, my anxiousness usually comes when I am unsure of what I need to do for the day. My anxiousness comes when I wake up and feel flustered. My anxiousness happens when I don't feel like I have control over my day. And that not having control over your day feeling comes from a lack of preparation, a lack of repetition. And then let's even look at other people who sometimes wake up on time, right? When you sometimes wake up on time, your whole day is off. You don't know what you can accomplish for the day. And that's why what they find and often when they do studies on it, on anxiousness, people that are able to take control of their consistent sleep and wake schedules often start solving their anxiousness a lot quicker than the majority do 
Because when you have a consistent sleep and wake schedule, you're no longer trying to guesstimate what you're going to be able to do for the day and instead have a set timeline. And when you have a set timeline, you can then go look at it and say, okay, between the hours of 7 a.m. when I wake up and 10 p.m. when I go to bed, I know I can go get all this done, mm-hmm. right? And it's like that alone taps into the circadian rhythm part. And I'm not going to get deep into the science of it there, but my whole point is consistency behind your actions are what lead to a better life. They free you in life from wasted time. And it also breaks down that big part of success, like the the one that kind of intimidates individuals where it's like, yeah, I want to go here. You start being successful with the little things that you do in your life, it's going to be that much easier to start attacking the bigger, more more um, action-oriented steps. Right. And I'll, hey, I'll even give kudos to uh, to our dad for this one, right? Like we talked about it with him getting back into a regular routine, waking up and, and going to the gym and, you know, getting in good shape and so on. And we were coming home and we were talking about it. And we said, you know, it's very simple. Dad, just follow these rules. And rule number one was make sure you wake up at 630 and don't go to bed any later than 11 p.m. Make sure that's your consistency right behind your schedule. So that was one thing he did. That right away then allowed him because this stacked a habit, right? So once he got up at 630, the first thing he went and did was weigh himself. And he has... we got him a cool little scale where it goes right to your phone and there's a sink and there's an app. So then it automatically logs his weight. Okay, so that's tracked. Then there's another part to it. It's like once you weigh yourself and you go to the washroom, go on a walk, right? Take a 30-minute walk that you're doing. So he started doing a 30-minute walk on, I think it's like Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. And then on Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, he's working out as well in the gym. So he's doing a walk and a workout. But the point is, he's stacking all these habits and it all comes back from making sure that he has a consistency behind his schedule. Right. Because before he was anxious about it, he goes, it's intimidating to just have to dive into something. And that's the reality even for athletes. Mm-hmm. Right. To us, it's to athletes, it's second nature to start working. We don't even think about it because we've been so conditioned to it. But any other new thing in your life that you have to do where maybe it is having new conversations or going deeper on that, whatever it might be, it's anx- it's it's intimidating. Sorry, sometimes that causes you to feel anxious. Right. So breaking it down and having consistency in your routines and your schedules and your systems it all comes back. So it's not just repetition and actions like specific skills. It's repetition in your daily systems and routines that allow you to be more resilient. And watch, watch your your confidence and self-belief mm-hmm. just skyrocket after that. Because then yeah. like a week ago, you're like, wow, I never thought I could be doing mm-hmm. any of this. Especially if you're tracking right. results, right? Like even look at a weight loss tracking. Like I know for for dad and seeing that on, on a visual image, right? A, a, what's it called, a a chart, Mm -hmm. and seeing that getting charted and graphed out and so on, that's great. So like use these tools as well during your process. If you're somebody that's very, you know, number driven in that sense and you like to see that stuff, that's a great way, but you need to have some kind of metric to measure. Mm -hmm. That's the important part. So let's recap this quickly before we go too far off. First one, to be more resilient. Number one, take time to study scenarios that you're unsure of. Number two, make sure you're focused on one thing. Number three, know what's in your control. Number four, Focus on how, not why. And number five, make sure you have consistent and regular repetition. So remember, this is part two of two for our five ways to be more resilient. We have a part one of one, uh, one of two, sorry, that will link to this. And we also have blog posts on this on the Moliteum website that you can check out at the Moliteum blog. Um, and last thing I'll say, again, I'm, I got to keep plugging this in because we've had a fantastic response rate of this. But more and more people are signing up to the Mala Team Insider, which is great. I think we got that list up to now just over about 200 people. And we really only started promoting this 
a couple weeks ago, which was fantastic. But in this, you're getting weekly trainings that we're giving you, written trainings. We are also opening up for anybody that subs, uh, subscribes the first three months free to our Moliteum Ring of Difference Makers, which is literally an online coaching service that eventually, you know, it's, it's a subscription side to it that we'll talk about another time. But we're giving it to everybody for free right now where you can see exactly what we're doing. Once a month, we're having live trainings with Chris and myself where we'll be on a Zoom call and you'll be able to interact and Q&A and all that great stuff. But check it out because we're starting that, I believe, this month right now. Or sorry, next month in August. We're going to have our first one, I think, the last week there, the last uh, weekend or whatever it might be. So we're going to really start to boost that up and hype that up because it's something that's going to bring a lot of value. And of course, if you're tuning in on YouTube, please make sure, subscribe, share, click the notification bell, like the video, comment down below what you're thinking. Where is something, one of these five, which one of these five can you use more of? Teach us. We love to hear from you guys. And the last thing I'll say too, I actually reflected on this a lot. We're going to be getting into a lot more unmainstream topics, but something that's main in your life as an athlete or high performer. Things like understanding how to deal with loneliness when you're a high performer. That's a real thing that not a lot of people talk about. Things like, you know, learning how to move forwards from breakups. Things like we even had an athlete that I know it's a subject that a lot of people go into, but going back to a team that you don't absolutely love, but you know you have to go to, how to deal with that. We're going to go really deep on these things because these are what are the root causes, Chris and I have started to find, of a lot of negative behaviors. And if we can get to the root instead of just talk about the surface level stuff, which is the fix, we'll never have to get to that stage in general, right? So we're going to have some awesome content for you guys. I'm super excited for, about it. And again, thanks so much for tuning in and for the support. We really appreciate you all.